What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Well, guys, it's a week until you get rid of me. Uh, I go to spring training. It's like, it's like Christmas coming. Can't come soon enough. I know, I know. But it also means that we get Rangers manager Jeff Bannister on the phone for uh, a little bit of a spring training. But it also means it's a week till he has to deal with you every day. He's got a, He's getting ready for that, aren't you? I'm already sharpening that in. <laughs> are you, are, do, do you bang your head against the wall like 10 times every day to get ready for Evan? <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I do a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you like to say iron sharpens iron. I'm just there to sharpen your iron. Absolutely, no, it's, it's always pleasure, and I look forward to it. Oh, your nose is growing, but go ahead. All right, well, let, let's get right down to this. The, the, I think the biggest question I've got right now going into spring training is the roster shapes up. Um, I, I think we, my theory is that I think we'll see something happen at first base and. And that we will end up seeing Mike Napoli end up here. That's my theory. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I want to move to left field, where I don't know exactly what your your plan is going into the spring. Well, and I mean those are all quality takes. You know, for as we sit right now, I mean I have to look at the structure of our our club and who's on the roster and what our options are. And when you look at that, I mean. I think the first base situation will play itself out either with Hamilton or with the addition of a guy, or as you mentioned, James Looney. 
in some kind of mix. Do, if that happens, if you get comfortable at first base, do Rua and Profar become part of the left field solution? That is, we would definitely, I think that going into it, those two guys are an option. The line on the shield is an option out there. Because uh, here's the deal, if, if you look at, and I'll continue to go back to the structure of the entire club, and not just looking at one position. Sure. It's how do we, how do we structure our club, the lineup, to give our, our offense the best opportunity to, to perform on a daily basis, given the starter that we're going to face. And, and I think... And then the ability to have, you know, do we have defensive options also? And, and I'm sure we'll get into the defensive portion of it, but those two guys as we sit right now, or those three guys as we sit right now, are, are in my opinion, they're quite capable of being uh, you know, good options for us out there. It's just how do they fit inside that, that, that lineup offensively. And, and I, I think what you're saying there, and I think this is a good, good time to just basically say, Talk about a platoon situation. You could also have what amounts to a three-man rotation there, where you've got a guy who's a good offensive option from the left side, guy who's a good offensive option from the right side, and the third guy who then becomes your defensive option for the last three, four innings, depending on the situation. Uh, and so you don't necessarily have to look at filling left field with one particular player. No, that, and that's and you're completely right because as I look at this thing and, and, and look. Nothing in baseball is singular. That's that's the thing that we have to get away from. And, and I know this metric we need to evaluate and look at things. And I'm never going to look at just uh, the singular aspect of baseball. We love to do it because all those players stand out there alone. And, and we can focus in on one single guy. They're all so you know tied together. Whether it's defensively, whether it's range, whether it's pursuit speed, how you know, and then. The other thing is, is, is what offense do they add for us on a given night? Or we, do we need more defense in, in a situation than we do offense? Uh, can we capture more offense and, 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 and have average defense with those guys? And that's why if you have uh, if it's a three-headed monster, if it's a two-headed monster, if it's just one guy that can lock the spot down and do all the things for you, then that's great. But I don't think there's, that it's very rare that you find that perfect player that can go out there that guy for you. So, you know, if that's the only option you have, so be it. But right now, we have we have some options. We have some guys. And what I love most is the ability for these guys to go out and compete in spring training. Show us, uh, there's a great article that came out, and, and Bill Belichick talked about, you know, and it's, it's no revolution in, in, in coaching or, or in evaluating. And one of the things I try to do, and I talk to our scouts, and I talk to our coaches, and when we sit down, is that, Look, tell me what a guy can do inside a, a game that is going to allow us, what his skill set is going to allow us, or, or he can add value with the win of the game. And so when we look at those guys, that's what we got to evaluate. Is it, is it a, a, a Ryan Rua who is, uh, who is extremely good for us against left-handers last year who in left field uh, had played average defense, had the second highest
the lineup, we were a full run Raider in offense. Right. Just based on what he was able to do. But even last year, you look at you look at some of the metrics with with Delino, and when he posted up, and I know it's all all sample size, uh, but he was greater than average defensively for us when he was in the outfield. Some of it, but because he had a foot out on on a throw and things like that. There's different values that go into the metrics, but. This is still a guy that, that adds great value to our club when he is when he's doing the things that that, that uh, allows him to be uh, successful at the major league level. Jeff, well, let me ask you about Delano because you know I, I, he lost. Uh, I guess he said what 20, 25 pounds, which, which seems like an awful lot for a guy his size. Um, and and obviously to try to get quicker. Uh, did you did you notice? Uh, uh, was there a noticeable lack of of speed or quickness with him last year? Well, you know what? When he showed up, uh, look, there, there are there are different body transformations that like I said, oh, a guy looks good. Then you, you you look at a guy and go, oh, he's an NFL player. <laughs> and that's what Delano will tell you that he, he worked out last year in the offseason like he was going to be an NFL player. This was he looked like a a running back in the NFL. Shoulders were bigger. He's the next guy just in the just the beefiness of his body. And if you look back in the early days of spring training last year, he would hit ground balls that he was being thrown out by that the year before they didn't come close to throwing Yeah, out. right. Yeah. And, and you just go, Oh, something's not right here. And so they added to me the added uh, weight in this in, in our game of inches it really is that for a speed guy you know, a half a step is, is the difference between being thrown out uh, on, on the same thing throughout the plays or being safe. And even on the stolen base uh, efforts, you know, there were times where, you know, Delino would get thrown out and going, but he didn't get thrown out like that last year. What is it? It's Johnson. And then we started looking at reaction times and running speeds. And, and, and did, uh, we did see a, a decline in some of the speeds. So the body looks great this year. brought up uh, what Delano's impact was on the uh, two years ago on the offense at the top of the lineup. And, and I, I know, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you go into spring training with an idea already of who's going to be hitting at the top of your lineup now. Do you, do you have that already in mind or are you going to wait to see how the spring comes out? <laughs> well, that's, I would be a fool to, to go and write my lineup down today and say this is the one we're going to go with.
Jeff, do you have specific goals you write down for spring training that you want to get accomplished? Uh, yeah, I want to. Well, number one is get everybody through spring training healthy. healthy yeah. Uh, and then there is. And then it comes down to the, the pitching side of it. There, there, we've got to get guys up to a number uh, of pitches, a number of ups, a number, a number of innings. Uh, and then, then there's the relief core of facing the back end of the bullpen, facing the, the main lineup. the beginning of stardom for Rugnet Odor. I think we saw that last year with, with the 33 home runs and, and what he does uh, emotionally for the club. I, I do think that in the next step, there's one of two things, or Rick, actually two things that probably have to happen. I think he, there's got to be a little bit more, um, I don't know if the right word is plate discipline or, or, or approach at the plate. The other part would be a little bit of improvement on the defensive side. Is there one or the other that is a bigger priority for you in spring training? Well, the defense is a priority. And, 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 and kind of when you look at the defense, you, you, you got what you, what you, you to know what you're looking at. What are you looking at? What, mm -hmm. what, what does he do great? What does he do well? And what does he need to improve on? Well, Rudy, uh, when, you, when you kind of chop him up defensively, puts on, on ground ball. This is a guy that uh, has extreme range and, and, and actually great reaction time, which, you know, it's no wonder because if you look at the, as a, uh, him as a play, what does he like to hit? He likes to hit fastball. So he's on go all the time. Right. So when he ranges, he plays better. When he has to extend his boots, he's more consistent. When he has to set on routine balls, it is a, it, it's not a challenge for him. He's 
Banning, I, at FanFest, I think you were asked a little bit about um, motivation for, for this year. Uh, did, can you refresh us on, on what your what your reply was for, for fans? I think that was baseball perspective. Yeah, right? baseball perspectives. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I love that. And they, they love talk about all the things we get to do. And, um, and then also listening to the, the, the fans and the media about um, the Cowboys and, and, and their, their playoff loss and, and just the whole Dallas Fort Worth. And, and I did it. It hurts. Gut punch. It sucks. We all want to win the. There was a lot of talk uh, last year and, and then in this offseason, too, uh, as well, about y'all's record in one-run games. What is, uh, and, and of course, the, the, the industry uh, reply to all that is that, well, that's, that's an anomaly for, for any team to be that good in one-run games. So, uh, and that's why some people are dialing back y'all's win total for this year in their projections. Uh, what is your take on, on the fact that y'all were so good in one-run games last year? Well, I think that A, we have some quality players together. Um, and the other part of that is that when you look at us offensively, uh, we were as good as things looked. And as, as we relied on heavily on the uh, kind of hot hand, if you will, uh, for the most part of the year. When you think about that, you think about that as an extremely hot early, that Mazar was hot. 
again, I tried, I opened this thing up, talking about the baseball is, is never anything to sink to it. All, it's everything's tied together. And so we can, we can parse it up, you know, however you want. However, when you think about a sustained, consistent, uh, or a consistent offense, and that's the ability to up and down the lineup, able to do things to put runs on the board we fell short we've got to get better at that we weren't as good situationally that's why we were it was one one run game but the other part of that is that our offense was really cool against teams that that were willing to utilize their fastball challenges and when we were when we were at our best late the game with speech of those type of guys so that in itself allowed us to win one run game and then as you go to you look at the pitching staff, our starters at the beginning of the, of the season, we had some guys that were, we were throwing the ball very well. Some people were on fire, Cole Hamill. And so uh, our defense played better, and we were at the top of the, the league because our starters were so consistent that we could position guys very well and have them steady, and we could play them together, and they performed well together. Our starting pitching started to falter a little bit and, 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 and fall off, where our defense started to decline because we had a position in some different areas. Uh, we weren't as consistent. So, you know, for us, you know, when you look at the whole one run game, if we tighten up, we get better, we get better in those spots, then yeah, it becomes a more consistent game to where now those one, one run games turn into two and three and they're not just one run games. The other part of this is this is a group of guys who will never lay down. They're never going to quit. They have that short-term memory. They're going to show up tomorrow, be ready to think and play, no matter what the score was the day before, because there is an ever quest for them to win a World Series. They want so badly to not be that team that goes into the playoff situation and be one and done. It hurts, it burns, and I'm glad it does because they care. This is a group of guys that, that look, they're, they're trying and learning on the go, even at, at you know, the age of 36, 37 years old, the age of 20, 21 years old, everybody in between. All right, before we've kept you for forever today, and before we let you go, uh, I just need to mention that um, uh, you are doing something pretty cool uh, for your son Jacob's uh, high school baseball program at Keller High School, and if you go to KellerIndiansBaseball.com, there is an auction right now to help raise funds for the club uh, that includes some really interesting things, including um, the opportunity to have dinner with Jeff Bannister, Jonathan Lucroy, a Ranger player to be named later. can't believe we even get a player to be named later in, like, auctions now. <laughs> and... Uh, Ben Rogers of, of uh, 105.3 The Fan, and as well, there's an opportunity, among other things, uh, an opportunity to get a meet and greet uh, and view batting practice on the field uh, for a Rangers game and, and meet you at that point in time. Um, so it, it, it's a lot of effort that you put together to help to help Keller do this. Yes, and I'll say this is fun for me in, in these types of situations. A lot of times you do these things and you never get to see kind of the benefits of, of, of you know, when you do some auctions and where money's going to go to and, and how people get helped, but also the joy and the other side of it. And so, and it's not 
is a, a high school and a coaching staff and, and a group of, uh, of teachers and kids that I believe in. They, they showed me the effort. They showed me the, the, the what, you know, the, hey, they're in it for the long haul. They want to do something uh, for their legal legacy, if you will. And so I jumped on board with them and, and, and wanted to help them out uh, because they showed me the effort. This is a group of them. They've been out trying to, to, to drum up some, some donations and a great job, a group of parents who uh, who are fully committed to, to, to their kids. And so uh, that's one part for me. But the other part is that, you know, when, when I start looking at the things that I, that, where I can help out and uh, also the community is that, that, look, if I can sit down and have a dinner with a, a group of fans that are willing to spend their hard-earned money to, to help a, a group of kids. They may not even know they have an experience. I want to give them that to, to hey, hey, get to know who we are as Rangers and maybe develop a, a different fan base and different, different thought process, too. So uh, it's a very small thing. When they approached me, I said, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, I would have been all in even though it's maybe one thing. We're in the community. This is where we live. That uh, Karen and I, uh, we're all in on it. It's been a, been a fun process. And I, I just want to remind people again, the, the website is KellerIndiansBaseball.com. We'll also tag it um, when we uh, put the podcast link up. But if you go there, you've got uh, through February 19th to bid on this dinner with Jeff Bannister for you and three guests uh, at South Lake, uh, the South Lake Del Frisco's. Uh, you'll be joined by Jeff Bannister, Jonathan Lucroy, a Rangers player to be named later. And Ben Rogers. Evan, um, Evan, are you going to bid on this? No, because if, if I did, then then um, I'd probably have to pay a premium. Banny doesn't want to socialize with me. That's so. right. uh, one, one thing, Evan, and I'll tell everybody this too, is that, that, that we're working on that player to be named later. And it may not be a current player. I'll just I'll add that little caveat too. Oh. A former player. And, uh, so we're working on, on some significance there. So. Uh, no guarantees, but uh, uh, it could be it could be one you don't want to bet. And there's there's also a ton of uh, uh, memorabilia on here, from Pudge Rodriguez to Edwin Encarnacion to uh, Toby Keith and Elvis Andrus. So again, uh, KillerIndiansBaseball.com help out a local baseball team, and uh, also maybe get yourself a chance to meet Jeff Bannister and and talk with him about why um, I badger him all the time. Uh, all right, we will let you run. I, uh, I I appreciate the time today. Sorry we kept you so long. No, thank you guys. Enjoy it always. All right, thank look you. forward to seeing you in spring. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. There goes Jeff Bannister. Um, guys, do you have any thoughts? He's a pretty pretty up up mood up mood considering he hasn't talked to us. Up oh, mood. Oh, stop it. He's always in an up mood. You know, know, the, uh, you know the, I, I think it was interesting uh, what he said about first base. I think it told me everything. What, what did he, it tell that you? he doesn't like his options at first base he right just, now? He, no, he didn't say he didn't like it. He well, what, what, that, did, he said what that, do you interpret he it? He said that, I know what he that, said. that Rua Profar was not optimum, right. so he doesn't like his options. He doesn't like it. He's sending a message. Well, let me let me yeah, go back. He to, knows what's going to happen. Let me go back to something I wrote last week. Okay, oh. let me, well, hold let on me play a the Kevin Sherrington card. You know what? I didn't play that card with with Shefty when uh, when we had, and I wrote a column for today about Demarcus Ware and the Cowboys signing. Yes, you did. You I did, did not. I um, didn't even mention it. But I wrote last week that I believe the Rangers and Mike Napoli 
have a deal in hand. Uh, there have been some reports today that the sides are getting closer. I, I think there's basically a deal in hand. So what's the delay? And I think that the, the reason that there hasn't been anything announced and won't be anything announced is that the Rangers have two spots on the 40-man roster right now that are taken up by guys who will not play uh, either the whole season or significant parts. Prince Fielder's out for the year, but they have to carry him during the offseason. Right. Uh, Jake Beekman is out for at least the first half of the year, so he's going to go on the 60-day deal. It leaves them with basically 38 usable spots on the roster. They've tried to add some pitching depth this offseason to the major league roster. Um, in addition to the guys like Andrew Kashner and Tyson Ross, who, who should be big big pieces of the rotation, there have been some lower, under-the-radar guys, Mike Hauschild, a Rule 5 pick from Houston, um, Alan Webb, uh, Tyler Wagner, uh, a waiver claim. And... If you can wait until February 14th, which is the first day that you can put guys on a 60-day deal, then you simply announce an Apple signing at that point in time, passes the physical, he's in camp to start camp, he's not even coming in late, and you don't risk anybody to wait. So I think that, that you know they've had significant talks. I think they've got what amounts to an agreement in place. And I think what you heard Jeff Bannister say is if you get that kind of deal in place, you then have a a Napoli or a Napoli and Josh Hamilton or Napoli, Josh Hamilton and James Loney, a, a right left platoon in, at first base. Then you're going to move Rua and Profar to the outfield, left field. where they make a little bit more sense out there. And, and you also you want a situation where you've got Rua and Profar teamed up because Rua's a better hitter against left handed pitching, Profar's a better hitter against right handed pitching. Uh, it's not still not ideal um, because of the outfield defense. Because uh, if, if Chu's playing right field, uh, but I don't he, think Chu will play. I don't right think he'll play either. But Mazzara still feels, and he he looked really good. In, and, let, and let's say this: the, the the book on him was not good defensively in the minor leagues. And I think I think it was based more on range, and he doesn't have tremendous range. But I think he's got. Slightly below average range. I think he's got a slightly above average arm. I think he gets good reads. I think he's a little bit more than above average arm. I mean, he's a good. I, I, well, I was more impressed with his arm than anything. But, right. But uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why they wanted Gomez to play center field. As you've written many times, they wanted to play it shallower than Desmond played it last Desmond year. Desmond played the deepest center field in major leagues, and with you know, it, it is general thinking now that you want to play more shallow in center field. You want to take those those short fly balls away. Right. Um, and guys with speed can get can get back to them, uh, can get back to balls. Yeah. Guys, guys that you know, you want to worry more about the singles than about yeah. the, the double that's going to hit sure. the wall. It's going to hit the wall one way or another. And then the other issue was in, in, in left field. Uh, I was surprised to hear what he said about Rua, the metrics on Rua, that, that on balls in the air that he hit. He was he was the. Did he say the best among the Rangers? Is that what he said? Uh, he, the Rua, fastest, Rua had really good reads on, on, on balls to left field. Which makes a huge difference. I know people don't people don't understand that. Just look at pure speed. Uh, you're better off with a guy who... What people look at is how many times did a guy make a diving or sliding catch? Well, and, and, and usually not a good indication. Uh, it's a bad indicator. Right. If you watch Ken Griffey play, I never saw anybody... Now, I didn't see Willie Mays play a lot when I was a kid growing up. I never saw anybody play better center field and Ken Griffey. And every ball he ever caught, he was just catching it on the run. He was It was never a deal where he was laying out. Right. He was just everywhere. It was unbelievable uh, the way he played center field. But anyway, uh, but still, it's not a, uh, it's, that's not an optimum situation either. It, it, 
as Raya, uh, as, as Rua and Profar at first base, to me, left field is not the same. Uh, I, I'm a little bit intrigued by the line of the Shields. Uh, the thing that he has a, a minus arm, a minus minus arm in, in left field. Um, and, and not, not as important in left field as it is at the other spot. No, it is not. Uh, but it's still not good. But if they could get him to, to have better routes on balls and better instincts because of his speed and because of what he does for the, for the offense, he gives you another option at the top of the lineup. I'm, I'm not sold on, on Gomez as a leadoff hitter because he's not going to take any pitches. Uh, and if Chu's choose, choose, going to be the leadoff hitter if he's healthy. Oh, no, I, I disagree. Oh, I, don't, I, don't I think Chu will hit second. Well, I think that Chu is a much better leadoff hitter uh, than, than they are. But but to me, then the next best option is the line on the shields. I, I, I think in... I think yes, if if Delano is back to where he was in 2015. Yeah. But I think you also create the ability. You know, you would love the ability to have uh, Gomez hitting first if he's if he's as disciplined as he was when he joined the Rangers. That's a lot and, to ask. And before we wrap this up, can I finish this statement? <laughs> and the Shields hitting ninth, so you can have that back to back. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see the back to back thing. I just I, because of Gomez's power. I'd rather see him in the middle uh, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Um, I think, I, I think that. Uh, well, there's, there's many, many ways they could go. Oh, Barry would like to interject something. Go ahead. Barry. Before we wrap this up, and we have to wrap this up because we have other guests waiting. We had other guests waiting a while ago while you were asking Adam Shafter question. That, that, question that was for my. After that, we, that was for my. After column. we told him goodbye. That was, oh, that, that that was for a column I'm going to have for. Evan, leave us with one name nobody's talking about who might make an impact on this team. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I think that the, the general consensus right now would be Andrew Faulkner because there's, okay. there's a spot for a left-handed reliever. I, I think that uh, I'm intrigued by Mike Housechild, the, the Rule 5 kick from Houston. Obviously, he's got an edge on any close calls because you want to protect him. I think he's got a good relationship with Doug Brokale. I think he's got real good pitch ability. Uh, I think he could be a guy who, at least in early in the season, is kind of the Rangers' swing man if Tyson Ross isn't ready. Uh, and then he could go into kind of a long relief role. Could he uh, be Kyle Hendricks? No, 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 no. I mean, really, you're asking somebody to go when. No, no, when no you say Kyle sure. Hendricks. I'm talking about eventually. I, I don't think he's that. I, uh, listen, I'm never going to compare somebody that back, picked off the Rule 5 waiver wire or the Rule 5 draft to an ERA leader. Um, but I think he's got the ability to be a serviceable pitcher, and and I think that he's got that, that on this team, you know, he could he could serve a valuable role as kind of a link between the rotation and the bullpen. Kevin, your thought? Well, I was going to say I, I, I'm a little bit intrigued by Drew Robinson uh, because I, I think that the manager likes him. He brought him up first of all. Manager's not the only one he likes. Him. Oh no, I, absolutely. But the but the manager likes him. And uh, he's got a little pop. He's got a little speed. Uh, you know, maybe he can, you know, he can play several positions. That, that's what they everybody wants now. Everybody wants that guy. Everybody wants a guy you know who's gonna, who's gonna play like uh, like Zobris did last year and like Zobris has throughout his career. So, uh, but the, the problem with that is is that that's Profar's job. If he's gonna be on this club right. essentially, and so uh, if he's gonna be on the club, I think that's the question. I think he will be, unless the Rangers decide sometime during spring that they can turn him into. A, you know, the thing with Profar is you could potentially turn him into a minor league pitcher, and that might be okay um, if you've got another option in the outfield. When you say that, 
He doesn't saying, mean he doesn't mean he's going to be a minor league right, pitcher. But if you if you could trade him for a minor league pitcher because this team is thin on minor league pitching depth, particularly he better really be a good prospect of the minors. Um, all right, we've got to go. We got to get to Rick Bozich from uh, from Louisville, and uh, who's very close to the Indiana basketball program, and is also uh, an expert on Yogi Ferrell. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. I will be at Rangers camp next week, and we will uh, we'll continue. Who, who, direct, who will direct the podcast if, you, if you're rudderless? We'll be rudderless. We'll be rudderless. <laughs> Again, here's where I'm trying to actually get out of the podcast, and Barry brings it back. No, just, how about how about if you answer a question with one word and not and and not like uh, why do you always have to get the last word? <laughs> Ask the question. Evan, are we ready to go? Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.